Blog Talk Radio. We welcome you to CBS This Morning. Let's get right to the alarming news. It's breaking overnight from the White House. President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump say they have tested positive for the coronavirus. He tweeted this early this morning, we will get through this together. The news came hours after the president confirmed one of his top aides, Hope Hicks, had also tested positive. Our Paula Reed is at the White House for us. Paula, good morning to you. What else do we know as of this hour? Good morning, Tony. Over the past several weeks, the president has largely conducted business as usual here at the White House. He's traveled across the country, various campaign stops, often without taking basic mitigation precautions like wearing a mask or social distancing. Now today, the White House Physician's Office says the 74-year-old president and the First Lady are doing well. Today, the president has cleared his campaign schedule, but it's unclear how long he will quarantine. Whether we have it, I, I don't know. Just hours before the shocking diagnosis, President Trump revealed he and the First Lady had been tested for COVID after top aide Hope Hicks contracted the virus. I just heard about this. She tested positive. She wears masks a lot, but she tested positive. On Wednesday, Hicks can be seen in this video boarding the president's helicopter without a mask, less than a minute after the president. A short time later, she walked with the president's son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner to Air Force One to attend a re-election rally. A senior administration official tells CBS News Hicks tested negative for COVID Wednesday morning, but then developed symptoms and tested positive. Her results were not announced by the White House Thursday, even though there was a formal White House press briefing. And then the president boarded Air Force One again to attend an indoor fundraiser in New Jersey. Earlier this week, Hicks accompanied the president and other top aides to the debate in Cleveland, where the president was just feet from 77-year-old former vice president Joe Biden. I have a mask right here. I put a mask on, you know, when I think I need it. But President Trump did not don a mask in public until July 11th, more than three months after the CDC first recommended face coverings in April. And in recent weeks, he continued to cast doubt about their effectiveness. There are a lot of people think the masks are not good. Downplay the threat of the virus. Open your schools. Everybody open your schools. And mock mask wearers. Can you take it off because I cannot hear I'll, you? I'll just speak louder, sir. Oh, this, okay, because you want to be politically correct. Go ahead. Including his Democratic rival. He could be speaking 200 feet away from it. He shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. And just hours before the president tested positive, he made this declaration. The end of the pandemic is in sight, and next year will be one of the greatest years in the history of our country. The White House says a contact tracing is underway here at the White House, but it's unclear if that will extend to the people the president interacted with at several fundraisers he attended this week and other campaign events. It is likely, though, to include those he has interacted with in the West Wing, where over the past several months they have taken a cavalier attitude towards this virus, rarely wearing masks or social distancing. Anthony. Paula, thank you. Hey, good evening and welcome to another edition of the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, WCOM, in um, Chapel Hill and Carville, North Carolina. L.A. Bachelor is the Bachelor News Radio Show. We thank you for joining us. Wherever you are uh, listening and watching, we certainly appreciate uh, you. The number to get in touch with us if you have a question or comment for our guests or just a comment at all, 
is 646-929-0130, the number to get in touch with us. Uh, you can uh, watch us on Instagram as well, uh, or hit us up on Facebook at Pat Nation or LA Bachelor, LA Bachelor at Instagram, Pat Nation 2 at Twitter. I uh, want to go to my guest. Of course, he is a syndicated talk show host on, on XM Satellite um, Series 128. I better get it right, and he'll correct me anyway. Um, always good to have him on. The, the doctor is in. He's Dr. Wilma J. Leon, best-selling author as well. And, Doc, I appreciate you coming on. I always appreciate the invitation, and it's 126. 126. My bad. Yes, sir. Um, so I wanted to uh, – I, I think you came on towards the end of a, an excerpt of, you know, the guy occupying the White House announcing that he had the COVID-19 infection and he was – uh, going to be he and his wife are going to take care of it and and, um, and get through this as he says quote unquote um, now we see that it's at least 12 other people um, that have been infected um, by this uh, just off the jump doc we 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 talked about what will it take for some maybe not those hardcore racist supporters for some that it, that any are on the fence about this guy uh, whether it be back when he was grabbing women by the crotch and all of that stuff, and uh, the uh, of course they impeached him, and all these different things are happening, is this something that people can kind of understand? Not only how he has mishandled this virus, but the recklessness of him knowing that his aide was infected, going to a fundraiser, having other people do the same type of reckless behavior, would this sway those who, the, the two people that are left on the borderline with this guy? No, I haven't seen any data that would indicate that that is true or that that is happening. Those that are in are in and it ain't coming out. Uh, and... Um, no, there. I don't. I don't think that they're uh, persuadable because their rationale is irrational. Their reasoning makes no sense, and there's really nothing that any of them are basing their support on that is data driven. It's it in. I know I'm painting with a very broad brush, so I know I can't speak about 100% of them. So 99.97234 of them, um, their their basis when you when you listen to why they support this guy, it's not because they can give you data to justify their positions. It's vaporware. It's it's um, it's all emotion oh because he's protecting us protecting us from whom and how oh it's because he's a strong leader okay well he's led us where and how uh, you know, they they um they he's fighting for me what what does that mean so no no you, and- you you'd be you'd be better you'd be better trying to uh, get convince a a three-year-old or a four-year-old 
that there's no Santa or no Easter Bunny if that child grows up in a house where those things are are taught. Yeah, it's, I, I I hear you. I, I mean, I just think that people. Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me just say this real quick. And in terms okay, of trying right. to convince a child that there is no Easter Bunny or Santa, well, they could take they could at least take you to the mall and show you one. <laughs> They, they, I know I know there's an Easter Bunny because I saw him when I went to the mall. He he was about six foot six. He had a big head and ears. Oh, I I saw Santa at the mall because he had on a red suit and a and oh well okay. At least you can show me, <laughs> little four year old. At least you can show me a Santa. <clears throat> How do the or can the Democrats? Spend this in their favor. Um, spend what? A short, we're a month away from the election. How can they spend what? The, the fact that uh, he caught the virus, and you know, we now they say, "See, this is what we were talking about—the recklessness of this guy." Oh shoot! You don't have to spend that. Uh, you know, you you might as well ask me. Well, how do I spend one plus one is two? I don't. I don't have to spend it. I can show you. Right. <laughs> no spend required. Um, the, the 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 to me the the bigger part of that question is how do Democrats construct a message that they can? What is Joe Biden's message? Right. Nobody really knows. Other, other than, you know, rebuild better. Okay, that's his tagline. I got that. But what's his message? His message is that Donald Trump is an incompetent idiot. Well, yeah. But people tend to vote for things, not against things. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure out Joe Biden. What's your message? And the Democrats are horrible and have been for a very long time at messaging, message, uh, uh, dis- message discipline. So they don't have to spin this. This is just another data point to support the argument. But they don't uh, and and now that he's checking himself out of the hospital i don't think that they have to be full anymore the fact that he was ill in fact they should use that as evidence to show how stupid the man is and how reckless the man is because he won't even listen to the doctors I don't think, too, Dr. Leonda, if you can elaborate and get Pat Nation to understand, reckless might even be a nice word. The man has not only been reckless in handling it, but he's coming out of the hospital saying, I feel 20 years younger, and don't let it uh, run your life, and, and, you know, I'm healthy as an ox. This whole way that the uh, president of Brazil kind of uh, uh, took that type of uh, uh, matter, but that and you have again. I don't want to call people stupid. I'm just saying you're gonna. If the guy says drink some uh, rubbing alcohol, some somebody's gonna drink some rubbing alcohol because of what he says. So the danger of this 
I don't think I think people are not understanding um, that his words do matter. Uh, well, my my limited vocabulary, I, I I I'm I'm a beyond reckless. I'm 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 not quite sure I know a word I can use. That 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 would be a good descriptor for beyond reckless. Uh, but again, folks, if if uh, if folks don't see it, um, you know, in in the words of those brilliant African American philosophers, Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes, uh, if if you don't know me by now, now <laughs> you you just, you'll never ever ever know me. Um, <laughs> Um, you judge you judge a person by the things that they do. Um, in, in fact, the president is 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 leaving Walter Reed saying, "Don't be afraid of COVID." Yeah, that's 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 felony stupid. Maybe that's beyond yeah. record. <laughs> felony stupid. Yeah, right. Uh, as my older brother would say. Um. So, uh, you know, I don't know what to say, man. I, I, on this, on this one, I, rarely will I call someone stupid. But if you right. are backing Donald Trump, you are stupid. There's, I, I don't know what else to say. You're stupid. And and and, yeah. and the fact that you would want to try to debate me that you're not stupid shows me. Not only are you stupid, you're really stupid. You're seriously mm. stupid. You're you're right. you're you're stupid. Because <laughs> that because stupid is as stupid does. So I yep. I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know you know what you do, and, and, and I and I know you will appreciate this. You know what you do. you know the only thing you can do for a Trump supporter, that's all you got. That's right. That's right. That's, that's right. all. That's all you got is prayer. You, so you you know, you know what I'm gonna do for you, uh, 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 silk and whatever that ignorant other woman is. You know her. <laughs> you know those two those two cackling crows, uh, heckle and jekyll, and I hate to insult yeah. heckle and jekyll. But um, diamond, diamond and silk. All you got for them is prayer, because nothing else, nothing else matters. Look at what I got, Herman Cain, dead. So something I thought uh, they were going to bring up, the, the, the you know, because they, you know, Trump kept talking about, about you know, affected or had any issues when they had those big. Um, big rallies in Missouri and, you know, no one, you know, nothing happened and no one was affected. And I would have went there and said, uh, Herman Cain died, <laughs> you know? Um, but, you know, everybody wants to be uh, politically correct. Uh, Doc, I was talking with Dr. Woman J. Leon. Doc, when you look at the this, this strategy of, again, you, you, I think you're correct when you're saying that, you know, what is, what is Biden's, you know, his platform? What was he stand for? Uh, is COVID with there? It looks like that's where they're gonna they're gonna you know pound Trump and the, and that team um, with is, is 
just focusing solely on COVID and his irresponsibility, his recklessness, and how he handled it. Is that the be- is that the best way to go, or should no. uh, um, they push the economy um, yes. and push to other areas? I was incredibly disappointed in Joe Biden at the debate, and and I thought Joe Biden did relatively well. Uh, and a couple of things on the on the in, I'll answer your question this way using using the debate as the as the basis of my answer. Um, I don't. Joe Biden knew that Trump was going to go the direction that he did, but but Trump but but Biden didn't think that he was going to be that reckless. So I I I, I can give him that. But even with that being said. If you if you if you know that you're going to be attacked, then you prepare. Forewarned is forearmed. Think that Joe Biden came in with the right approach because all he needed to do, he could have used Trump's attacks as the opportunity to make his points. So when when Trump starts interrupting, then all he has to do is turn to him and say, "Look, Donald." I hear you, but what does what you're saying right now have to do with the up to 40 million people that are projected to have been th- to to be evicted from their homes over the next four months? What is what you're doing right now? How is that going to help the 900,000 people that filed for unemployment last week? What about the 860,000 that applied for unemployment the week before? What about the 840 that applied for unemployment the week before? Donald, what does what you're doing right now have to do with the, the well, at the time I think it was 197,000 people in this country that have died from COVID? Or the up to 400,000 that are projected to die by the 1st of January? That's all he had to do was yeah. just just the economy, unemployment, the economy, and then the various elements of it. Uh, Donald, what does this have to do with the hundred thousand businesses that have closed since May and will and are projected never to reopen? That's all he had to do. Yeah. And 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 then look at Chris Wallace and say, now nah, if he'll shut up, we can talk about this. And, it, you know, if he'll shut up, we can talk about this. And it doesn't take a whole lot of mental horsepower. You've got the, you've got the data written down in front of you on the cards. You can just read the cards. So that to me, this is, this is one of the few, this is maybe the only election in my lifetime. And probably with the exception of, of the, um, of the Great Depression, the the time that the that the data has been handed to the opponent, the Joe Biden has the data behind him. This is not about opinion. This is about data. The numbers are clear, and he and with that, particularly since since um. Since Trump was so, as as uh, Dr. Gerald Horn calls him, the the Manhattan Mussolini, um, he doesn't he 
he didn't he didn't even have to elaborate on what his plans were going to be because Trump was not going to give him any space to do that. So, you know, uh, again, Gerald Horn calls him the, the Manhattan Mussolini. You know, Mussolini, Trump got Make America Great Again from Mussolini. Mussolini said Make Everybody Great Again. Mussolini said Drain the Swamp. Trump didn't even make that stuff up. He stole it from another, from a, from a fascist dictator. Yeah. Benito Mussolini in World War II. So anyway, um, it's I. I think I think Joe Biden dropped the ball. And, and again, I, I understand he he got mugged. I, I you know <laughs> I, I I understand that. But but uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, and you you're absolutely right. He got mugged. Uh, and that brings me to my next question, which is, again, if if we're we're saying that most of the country knows where they're going to go, this whole notion of these undecided and battlegrounds and all this other stuff, most of the people know what side. You're going to be on the side of the, the evil. You're going to be on the side of not so much evil. Is the way I look at it. Um, and with that being said. With, if, if Trump, even if they put some more, you know, rules and regulations in place, is, is it even worth having a debate at this point? Yes. 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 In fact, somebody uh, just uh, posted a question on Facebook. Should Biden continue campaigning? And the answer is yes, yes, and yes again. Because this is not going to this is this is not a normal situation or process. It, it, this is this is like trying to kill a vampire. You got to drive a stake through his heart and shoot him with a silver bullet, and throw some garlic on him, and some holy water, and bury him with a silver shovel. You 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 can't you can't take anything for granted here. So you and and especially since he's the 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 the, the data shows that uh, that Biden has more money than Trump. You better spend every dime and then borrow some to be sure that every stone has been turned over and you've looked behind every rock because. Um, they're not playing fair at all. Ask the ask the the felons in Florida that were given the right to vote and then told they had to pay all fees, fines, and penalties. Ask the ask the uh, three hundred thousand or four hundred thousand folks in Georgia that were taken off the rolls. Ask the folks in in in, uh, in Wisconsin, the fifty or sixty thousand people in Wisconsin that were taken off the rolls. You know, yeah, they're not playing fair. And and this this is the Republican, like you said, they're not playing for fair. And then you have this guy adding to it, and you have Democrats that still want to do this decorum. And listen, I love. I said on the show last week, I love Michelle Obama, right? But this, when they go low, we go high stuff. They don't do that. So go low and come back up when you win. 
go low for a minute, and then come back up. But you can't do this whole decorum and, yeah, and this is wrong. You can't, I can't believe this guy. And, you know, all this little fluff, fluff, cut the magic dragon stuff. The, the, the Republicans and that guy is not playing that type, that type of ball game. And, and the Democrats don't seem to get it. And then this is why they lose the elections, Dr. Leo. Oh, absolutely right. There, there's again, there's no fair here, and um, you know, God bless Michelle Obama, but she's as wrong as the day is long. And no, no, um, when when they go low, you step on their neck. That's right. That that's that's there's there's no, uh, you step on their neck, and. And uh, she no that 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 that's foolish that that's a formula for disaster that's that's as stupid as blaming black people for Hillary Clinton not winning and that and 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 she was wrong and and Michelle was wrong when she said that 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 Hillary lost because we stayed home Michelle was wrong about that and she's wrong about this you know it, 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 I I totally agree with you and. With that being said, final question before we give out your information. It, Biden, according to a lot of numbers I've seen, and it, it's pretty obvious, I would think, that he has a, a much more favorable numbers. I mean, he's more likable than Hillary Clinton was. Um, mm-hmm. Does that make it going into, like you said, public thing to the last day, to November 3rd, and praying that you got a, a, a big enough lead to win, does that make him that give him a better um chance and advantage than Hillary because of his likable numbers and she was hers were like upside down? No. Because okay. you you can't you you can't trust these numbers. That's the first thing. Because the the I look at it this way. If if they say right now that Joe Biden has a ten point lead. And uh, in fact, it, it, if I can do this real quick, um, yep. let me see. Let me see what the numbers are. If I go, if I go to real clear politics, okay. If I go to real, real clear politics, their average number they say he's up. Biden's up eight and a half points, and they say in the battleground states he's up four points. Okay, so let's use let's use the national average and say he's up by eight. Well. If you use a, a plus or minus three percent um, standard deviation on the on the number, if you if you you know the error of the margin of error, then if you subtract three points from that eight, he's only up by five, right? And yep. so now you look at that five percent number, and I believe that there are it, I believe that Trump's numbers are bigger than the polling will ever show primarily because there is a core group of people in this country that will not admit to an anonymous pollster that they're supporting this race baiting ignorant fool so and i think that that and i think that the number of those people is more than five percent but even if it's just five percent if you use the margin of error of, of minus three, and then you throw that five on there, you've got an even range. And I yeah. think the bigger, I think the number that are supporting him is bigger than five percent. That that will never admit to it. 
So you yeah. can't you can't afford to trust these numbers, and then and then you throw on top of that the voter suppression numbers, the numbers that you know the, in Florida, in Georgia, in 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 Wisconsin, in Michigan. You know I, I've said this on here before, it, 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 but folks don't seem to get it. Trump won Michigan by ten thousand seven hundred votes. There were 75,000 ballots cast but never counted. And most of those ballots came from Detroit and came from Flint. See, that's why I say that's why I say that Michelle Obama was wrong as the day is long. Because you you can't say that that uh, Hillary lost because black people didn't turn out to vote and not talk about voter suppression. The people who did turn out, but whose votes were not counted, or the people who turned out and weren't allowed to vote. Doc, and you know what the sad thing about that whole theory is? That even if that, if, if let's say hypothetically, the black folks it didn't turn out and they crossed Hillary the election, they ain't going after us. They're not trying to win exactly. <laughs> well, I didn't even get to that. I didn't even get to that point that Hillary ran a lousy campaign. Right. She didn't go to Michigan. No. So why would you expect why would you expect Michiganders to to black Michiganders to come out and support her when she didn't go and ask them for their support? Yeah. So it, 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 and there were there were one million nine hundred thousand ballots that were cast and never counted. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the I don't know the the the, demo, the racial demographic of of, the, of that number, but one million nine almost two million ballots that were cast and never counted. And and see this whole mail in thing, twenty five percent of mail in ballots are never counted, according to an MI, a recent MIT study. So all of this conversation about mailing mail in your ballot, let me tell you one thing that does give me hope. I saw a story uh, on my local NBC affiliate. I've been trying to find it, and I haven't been able to. But it was saying that people are now going to the polls, canceling their mail-in ballot, and voting in person. And I thought that was a very telling story that uh, about how concerned people are. I don't know how many people are doing that, but I think enough are doing it to where it warranted them running the story. Uh, and I, I heard it in passing, so I, and I've been trying to find more on that. But but I found that to be very interesting, and I found that to be very um, important. That again, people are so concerned that they are going through that extra step to be sure that their ballot gets counted. Mm. You know, it, it, Doc, you're a political scientist and syndicated talk show host, you're a best selling author, but it, I've heard a couple of posters, I use that word loosely because to me posters are some sometimes like these bloggers who think they're writers but I digress um, <laughs> but I trust your judgment and, and your insight better 
but a couple of people are saying, well, posters, some posters are, uh, and these, these um, organizations are, are downplaying the numbers because they had egg on, on their face four years ago. Do you see any of them doing it from that standpoint? What I can say to you is that makes sense. I I I I I don't know anybody doing that, and unless they said they were doing it, I don't know how they would do it. I don't know I don't know how you would know that they were doing that unless they told you they were doing that. Right. But but it makes sense. But I think it, it's even more important to realize that the polls are not predictors. The polls are a snapshot in time. Right. So really the poll is only as good as at the moment in which it was taken. Now I'm not I'm not saying you can't that you know that polls I'm not saying they serve no value or but I'm saying that your your faith in polling has to be um has to be couched in the reality of understanding what you're putting your faith in. And a right. poll is only as good as the questions that the poll presents. Right. And how you pose the question can dictate how the person chooses to answer it. Right. So like it, you've got to they, be careful. Hey, do you listen to Dr. Leon or uh, El, the, the Bachelor News radio show? Um, sure. But we don't ask how long you listen. They might just be glancing through, you know, typing through or whatever the case may be. So you see your point. Exactly. You know, not asking the right question. Uh, two more that came in an email. Um, this one I thought is it. I've been hearing this a lot, and we've discussed it before uh, about uh, the elections when they end, whenever they end. People saying it <laughs> may take a few days or a couple of weeks. Um, the emailer asked, will there be bloodshed and chaos if he loses? I'll take it a step further. Whether he wins or loses, I think both, both sides may get in a record. What, what do you think? I think that there very well could be. Uh, if Donald Trump loses, there very well could be. it. But uh, some of it, I think, will depend on the side if Biden wins the 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 margin by which he wins the larger the margin i think the less reaction to it there will be a a just flat out stomping what are you what are you debating here what are you fighting for you know you you know if 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 uh if the yankees win 15 to nothing, well, that's a pretty good lead. That's a pretty good victory. You don't, you yeah, don't but have, Doc, you know. It, but, Doc, if, but if the Yankees win and the other side doesn't, they just a bunch of thugs, they don't care if they win or lose. They're just going to be thugs. So the white supremacists are just going to be white supremacists. So they may just Which do they've always been. Right. Well, as I'm saying, if he loses – and it's a wide margin. They still going to try to go around killing people anyway. My point. Well, well, yeah, 
and 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 they'll can they've they've been doing that for a very long time. But the motivation of the outcome of the election, I think, will be will minimize that motivation. The larger the if if their motivation is reaction to the election, if the basis of their ire is the result of the election, I believe the larger the margin of victory for Biden lessens their rage because because they're they're you know many of them are sick but they're not and many of them are deranged but they're not crazy so um a a smaller margin of victory gives them more in their in their warped minds get in my opinion gives them more to fight for if you just got whooped you just got whooped and right. and you just you just pick yourself up off the dust and you go on home and you and you might sit in your kitchen and scream and yell and rant and rave as you've been doing for the last forty years anyway. Mm-hmm. But a sizable mar uh, victory, hey, you just you just said, damn, we we just got our hind parts whooped. This, so this thing so isn't as big. This thing isn't as big as we thought it was. Right. So essentially, you. It, uh, that sizable step on your throat victory will be more convincing to those who just supported them as opposed to those who support them because they racist. Well, I don't know how you can support him and not be. Well, that's true too. <laughs> if, if racism, if, if racism doesn't bother you, or if Donald Trump's racism is not reason in and of itself enough to have you just turn your back on him, then, you, then you're a racist. Right. And if you're not, if you're not a racist, you're supporting a racist, which makes you a racist, in my opinion. But so. if, there you go. <laughs> if, you, if you if you lie down with dogs, you'll you'll eventually get up with fleas. That's right. Right about that. Uh, it, it was one other question. I lost it on the screen, and if it comes up, uh, I'll ask you before you go. But before you go, tell people um, about your broadcast. Was the question broadcast. about Bob Gibson? No, I was, was going to get the question to Bob about Gibson Bob Gibson, the, the greatest and, pitcher and listen, ever. The, the greatest pitcher ever, and uh, you know, you bring that up. Twenty twenty is not just. It's just been. It, it's just been. All dropping. I mean, jaw dropping. I mean, Bob Gibson, you, uh, Lou Whitaker. Uh, I mean, um, uh, Lou Brock. I mean, yeah. it's it's just been horrendous for our, for for black people, black athletes, um, and black artists. Um, but and, yeah. and let me and, and let me let me just say quickly about that point. Is is that particularly Bob Gibson? I I don't say that because he just passed. Uh, because I was old, I'm, I'm old enough to have remembered remembered him when he was pitching, and and uh, and that man was a big. They lowered the height of the pitcher's mound because of Bob Gibson. Right. That that right there. 
he was the most dominant guy. Um, just, just, just nasty on the mound. And I think it was um, Hank Aaron who said he brushes grandmama back if she leans yeah. over the plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gibson, and they they said that guys will get up there and just be fearful. Not so much he's gonna try to knock you down or something, but just just his his command and and his dominance, the way he just approached the game, um, and his demeanor. Yeah. Yeah. So I just I just wanted to be sure that we we. We paid on we paid homage to the best because a lot of folks listening right now have no clue uh, who Bob Gibson was, and that brother was a man. Yep, he's a man's man, and he spent his whole he was career in folks who look him up. I mean, it's easy just go to the St. Louis Cardinals, Bob Gibson, and you you'll see the stats are they're just that's the sidebar. I mean, he already he had all the numbers, so that that goes without saying the Cy Youngs and the championships and everything else. But you know, just what you said in terms of his command, he was a he was a from from all accounts by everybody and loved his teammates and, and teammates loved yeah. him and and opponents respected the heck out of him. So um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a one point one ERA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, he was he was a man. MVP Cy Youngs and all of that. Um, but yeah, so folks, uh, to answer your question, go to just go to WilmerLeon.com. Go to WilmerLeon.com. You can find the book Politics and Other Perspective. Uh, I'm on Saturdays from uh, 11 to 2 Eastern on Sirius XM 126 Urban View, and uh, we've been we've been having some phenomenal shows. And I say this based upon the reaction I'm getting from my audience. Uh, some phenomenal shows over the last few weeks. Going into this election, I'm trying to give you all as much information as I possibly can, and I'm bringing on the 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 minds and the analysis to 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 help me with that. So uh, it's not me chattering for three hours. It's it's you list. It's me asking questions of some of the smartest people in the world and some good music in between. I tried. I and tried some good to music in between. So, you know, in fact, in just, just, just real quick to that to that point, just real quick. Yeah. Last Saturday, this past Saturday, I played. I played um, Stevie Wonder's "You Haven't Done Nothing." Wow. And uh, 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 Melanie Melanie Ballard, one of my listeners, she put on Facebook all the years she loved that song but never paid attention to the lyrics. And so what I did during the breaks was I read the lyrics to the audience. And so she said, I never knew that the, that that's what the song was about. It was a critique of the president. Right. And uh, we're all amazed but not amused by all the things you say that you'll do. And so I read the lyrics, and she said, wow, that song is even more profound than I ever imagined. I said, well, that's why I read the lyrics. So Yeah, and you know – even Marvin Gaye's ecology, everybody talks about what's going on, but what's happening, brother? Doesn't get a lot of play. Oh, that's you know? my favorite. Yeah, I, I, so, to me, that's much deeper than "Mercy, Mercy Me." Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, people don't really. People, it, 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 these are the times to listen to the lyrics because all this stuff comes full circle. Even in even in your book, when you talk about. You know politics and the perspective in the in the age of Obama. The stuff you write in there, and I'm gonna give you that plug. 
the stuff you write in there uh, really deals with stuff before and now what we're going on after Obama. And I think that's exactly. the that's perspective people need to, to have. I'm going to go, but look, before we go, since you mentioned, since you mentioned him or the group and the lyrics, I have to go with Harold Melody. <laughs> My man. Doc, I love you, man. Appreciate you. LA, you the man. Love you too, buddy. Thank you. All right, take care. All right, you got it. to do That we've been through You should understand me Like I understand you Now baby I know the difference Between right and wrong I ain't gonna do nothing To upset our happy home White House 
that uh, is being reckless as others. So we'll get to that shortly. Um, Got a new song on the radio, and very proud of it. It's called I'd Rather Have Love. And we're going to do a little bit of this for you. Hopefully, y'all can enjoy it as much as we did performing it. So, Cap, are you ready? How about you, Walt? My man, Layton, you good? That's my man, Steve, over here. He's my engineer. All the music y'all been hearing me record, this guy's been behind the boards executing it, you know. Young boy, too. About, what are you, 25? 24? Oh, shit, 24. <laughs> They're getting younger, you, you, you know. Well, let's rock that real quick, player. Gonna take it like we in church. Oh, I was cool in them streets. Yeah, I was cool in them clubs. Real talk, I wasn't thinking nothing about love. I didn't want nobody trying to partake in my stuff. I thought an occasional one night stand would be enough. I met this girl, she ruined my philosophy My heart skips a beat when she comes around I never thought that I'd be ready to settle down See, I was about to find myself alone But I found myself And treat her like me Hey I took all of her wisdom And I used it for selfish gain And I know if she saw this pimping She'd be ashamed I found this girl She won my philosophy My heart skips a beat When she comes around Never thought that I'd be ready to settle down See, I was about to find myself alone But I found myself on love I know I'm ready 
have a time to dial in at 646-929-0130. You can uh, make your comments known there. A programming known as um, uh, you can catch the rebroadcast of this broadcast. If you miss it tonight, you can listen uh, every day of the week at 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. The, with a T-H-E, Bachelor with T-B-A-T, thebachelornews.airtime.pro. And at 8 o'clock after this show uh, ends, wherever you are, Eastern Time, uh, we do play uh, Whisper Softly, which is Love Songs, at 8 p.m. at that same website,
Welcome back to the show as we continue. Six four six nine two nine. The chat room is wide open for you. You can make your comments there or at that phone number. Pad Nation has some people there. You're listening on Facebook. Can't hear. Uh, again, we're working on these difficulties, uh, and we appreciate your patience. So you can also watch there and 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 listen. If you dial into the uh, phone line, want to go to the phones? Had a question, a series of questions out there, just really to get your thoughts on the election. We're about a month away from these elections, and who knows what's going to happen? We pray it'll be a treat, uh, a peaceful transition, but uh, we don't know. Want to go to the phones? Um, and good evening, welcome to the show. Um, South Carolina. If you're on the line, if you can hear me. 864 number. We don't give out all numbers, but 864 area code. We want to come back uh, to that call again. 646-929-0130. the number to get in touch with us. And uh, if you have a question, just hit us up on on that phone line or make your yourself known uh, by Facebook or on um, on Facebook Live. Trying to make sure that we get everybody in and have the comment before we get to our our next next segment, which will be coming up. Uh, very, very soon. Try to go back to this uh, phone line. Good evening. You're on the air. Hello? Yes. Good evening. You're on the air. Hi. I was calling in. um, So as I was listening today, one of the concerns I have um, as we get closer to the election, when I'm listening to Biden, um, I'm just really still concerned. Um, And I know that there's a 10-point lead, but just listening to how that was explained, um, you know, I'm just just really concerned about what it's going to look like on election day. Um, are you concerned that he's gonna? Are you concerned that he's gonna lose, or that he's gonna win, and it's gonna be a, a big mess? Um, to be honest with you, at this point, um, my concern is, you know, that there's a great chance that that he may not win. So that's why I'm I'm truly concerned. Um, and just thinking about the previous election and how things went there. Um, and just in even talking to people and sharing some of their thoughts have really been um, very alarming to me. I think one of the things that uh, Democrats and, and, and the Biden campaign need to be concerned about is what Hillary did or didn't do four years ago, which is reach out into these so-called battleground states. For me, battleground means uh, white. So she didn't go to the white areas, and she took the black vote for granted. As uh, Dr. Leon said before, um, you know, Detroit and Flint were some of the most 
underappreciated um, areas. And those are two primarily, predominantly black areas in Michigan in particular. So a lot of um, uh, Hillary's camps didn't really go out and, 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 and reach out to them. So not only is she, and, and the thing about Democrats, the, the Democratic Party, they don't seem to understand, and I get it, and I've been saying it for a long time as well, and the research really shows it, is that those white farmers in Iowa, them car workers where no cars are being built in Michigan, where the other type of people in Pennsylvania are not coming back to the Democratic Party. I don't know why they keep trying to reach out to people who don't want to be reached out to. They're Republicans. They stopped being Democrats mm-hmm. a long time ago in terms of the values. And that's a whole different conversation. But the fact is, is that white folks, those white folks ain't coming back to the Democratic Party. And it's certainly not mm-hmm. coming back with this dude in the White House because he speaks their language. And that's me talking. He speaks their language. So you should be concerned. Um, and that should be a motivating factor for people to get out and vote. Um, I, I feel like it's the lesser of two evils. You you take the devil, you take the demon. You want, somebody's going to win. Um, mm-hmm. Politics is always personal and local. So I really look at guys and gals that are going to do policies that's going to help me, my family, and my community. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I guess that would be Biden. It's, it's no way in heck, as a person of color, that anybody of color, I'm sorry, um, and I'm not, that's not an endorsement of Biden, but no one should be voting of color for that guy occupied the White House. Unless they have uh-huh. an agenda or they're, or they're ashamed of their, their, their color, especially if you're black. Uh-huh. And we got a lot of those out there, too. So, um, okay. But I, I so, get your concern. Okay. So then when you say about people of color, and, and I'm thinking African Americans myself, um, so then what what can you say um, or what message can be sent out to African Americans who feel like Trump would be a better president? Um, and I'm asking that question because I have someone in my family who thinks that very soon. And that, that, that um, alarming as well. Well, you know, sometimes we vote um, for specific things. You know, that's why Strong Thurman and Jesse Helms got away in North Carolina, South Carolina. Ain't no way I'm voting for them. But they were strong on military. South Carolina, North Carolina got a big black military base. I'm both military, okay? This dude is a whole different ballgame. This guy's a whole different ballgame. And the reason is is because he's telling you, I'm racist. I don't like you. There's no decorum, mm-hmm. phonyism, if you will. There's nothing. He's telling you, I don't like Muslims. I don't like women. Certainly don't like black women. Uh, and and, and mm-hmm. I want to lock up and kill as many black men as I can. Mexicans, you need to go home because mm-hmm. you're rapist. I mean, he's telling you, he's putting it right there. And his base is saying, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, keep teaching, keep teaching. So my thing is, and you can look at it biblically if you want. Some people you can't say. If, you, if they're going to believe that Trump is going to help them, and I hate to use his name on this show, but I did, if you really uh-huh. believe that, and all 
all of that is in your face, I feel sorry for you, your family member or mm-hmm. whoever else. But some of us mm-hmm. have our own agenda. Candace Owens, Charles Barkley, all of them, they have their agenda. They want to keep the crumb. They want to get the crumbs from the table, the crumbs. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, and I can say it on my show, you're still a nigger. So if you Michael Jordan, you're a billionaire or somebody else, you still the N-word. They don't really care about you. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is, mm-hmm. you know, if you still believe that this dude and poor whites, they, they're really off the, the, the radar because they think somehow this guy is one of us. He's never sweat a paycheck. He's always been given something. So I, I don't even know mm-hmm. about them. I can't put them to the side. But people when you like your family member and other people who believe that Trump really is helping for him, like I said, some people can't be saved, and they're going to go down mm-hmm. with the Titanic, um, and and that's the way it is. I mean, some pe- if you put all this stuff out there, the numbers are there. You know, even before he got in office, you know, he discriminated against blacks. He said, Jews, I only trust Jews to count my money. Muslims this, Muslims that. Um, the Central Park Five and it's all there for you. Now he in office saying I'm making money and I still hate you. And so if you mm. if you believe that this guy is gonna help you, not you but your family member and other black people, unless you have an agenda, Charles Charles Barkley, Jordan, Republicans buy sneakers too. Although you want that's a whole different conversation. But if you believe as a common person, a layman, someone that's not a billionaire and a millionaire, you believe he's gonna help you, then I'll tell you to be from bridge. And you can't help him. Okay. Got to keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Pray for him and keep it moving. That's all you can do because they, okay. they're not going to believe you anyway. Thank you. If that answers your question. Yes, it does. Well, like I said, we appreciate the call. And um, at this point, like I said, if, if you're a Trump supporter, Thanks for the call. You hang on the line. Then I don't know what to tell you other than good luck with that. And I can sell you anything, and you'll buy into it. Um, it, it just it makes it, he tells you who he is. I don't like you, people of color. I don't. I'm not going to help you. So all the okie doke stuff that you hear, just look at policies. I'm a policy person. Look at policies. Obama wasn't. Um, uh, 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 perfect. I had issues with him and his candidacy. Oh, and by the way, Obama was black, and then they accused us. We vote for him because he's black. Well, they had 45 other, 44 other. They were doing all of that time. So, what's your point? They've been voting for people who are white forever. So we did it. Welcome to the party. So what? But on top of that, he had some good policies. So. You know, if you get a white person to tell you, well, you only voted because he's black, you say, okay, what about the other 44? That'll shut them right up, or it should, because they've been doing it forever since the, the country exists. And the forefathers don't look like us, by the way. It wasn't even about us. The first constitution wasn't even about We weren't even humans in the first constitution. They won't tell you that either. Um, so anybody that votes for Trump, like I said, I just shake my head and just, you just hope that somehow they come along and come around. But, you know, as the good book says, and he, even in modern times and everything, you can't save everybody. They're just not going to get it. So that that's the way it is. Take a break. Come back on the show. Stay tuned. 
you're watching on Facebook, if you don't get the audio, it's a technical issue on Facebook there. Uh, we do apologize, but you can listen um, at 646-929. Thank you. Uh, 0130-646-929-0130, the number online. Uh, it is the Bachelor News Radio Show. I'm, I'm L.A. Bachelor. Of course, it's uh, on the Bachelor News Radio Network and uh, WCOM, the simulcast broadcast in uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Chapel Hill and Carborough. We appreciate them broadcasting the, uh, the uh, show as well. A programming note, again, if you're interested in, uh, in having your own show or, or advertising us, you can email me at labachelor40 at gmail.com, labachelor40 at gmail.com, and our website, uh, thebachelornews.airtime.pro. A couple of things I want to mention. Someone said, well, you know, do we know, uh, you know, maybe some of those people, those black folks that uh, support Trump, and by the way, he has about almost 10% of the black vote. That's higher than George W. Bush, and George W. Bush should have been brought up on war crimes for taking us to um, uh, a war that that you know we we shouldn't have been in. It should have been on, on war crimes. And he and he and he had the faith based initiative, where a lot of uh, black Christians, uh, led by their overseer, voted for Bush. This guy got more votes than Bush, and when Bush was in office, we were like, oh, my God, this is horrible. He makes him look uh, like a choir boy. Um, but if he's got policies that were uh, in favor of us that helped us, we can't tell because he's too busy being a racist. That's like somebody calling you stupid, 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 stupid. You're no good. You're no good. You have no worth. You're insignificant. You're a piece of garbage. Oh, by the way, I'm going to help you with something. You keep hearing all this negative, racist stuff. How can I even, hypothetically, which is not true, I know the policies, but even if it was, you can't get past the racism. You can't get past it. Who wants to hear that? He has zero respect for people of color. But again, you know, at some point, we all have to look ourselves in the mirror and decide what's in the best interest of our families and our community. And I love black folks. I'm always going to defend them. We got our issues, but we're supposed to keep it in camp. That's what we're supposed to do. And not do the do the work of the master. That's what we've been doing. And by the way, we're going to talk some uh, some NFL and and these guys, these guys, these rich white men are called owners. The ones who work on the field are the plantation folks. So they own these plantations, and they want—they don't care if these guys are getting killed, getting sick. These guys should care that they're getting sick. Um, but again, at the end of the day, I'm always about a make your money. Capitalism, society—if it's—if it's legit and legal, that's fine. But at the end of the day, we also have to look ourselves in the mirror. So if it's about that and you don't care about COVID, and you don't care about uh, uh, infecting people. I mean, I was in Virginia not too long ago, and and people walking around, no mask, they looking at me like, I'm great, I'm the out guy. I got mask on. They're like, well, what are you wearing a mask for? Um, Wow, people are kind of dying of this thing? Um, and I care about my children and their future. And so, you know, the COVID-19 and this NFL that is going to play a game at the time of this broadcast tonight when they have a Cam Newton who they don't care about, who's infected. If he's infected, I'm sure 
And again, the virus works like it won't show any symptoms right away. So if he's infected, some other Patriots are infected. They already found a chief that the, that's the opponent they're playing tonight. They got infected. You got two infected teams that are going to play each other, and then they're going to go play other people. NFL, I get. They made the plantation. They print money. They don't really care. They put all the things, just like concussions and stuff. They don't really care about it. They throw stuff at it and money at it and try to make it seem like they do. Um, but it's these players that decide, if I'm playing for the Chiefs, I'm not playing. It's not going to happen because I'm not going to take the virus to my family and make my brother or my kids sick or something like that. That's just ridiculous. But people do that. And I'm going to talk about that um, in, in, in just a, a minute with a guest, but I, I just wanted to bring that up. The fact is that, um, and, and this, this guy occupying the White House, he says, if he says drink rubbing alcohol, some of his base will do it. The power of the pulpit, the power of the microphone, he has that. He has the biggest one of all. Um, and we have some people that will do that. And by the way, um, I've got some comments about, you know, all family members have it. Yeah, I have family members that um, won't vote for this guy or really don't want to vote for the other side um, based on Kamala Harris, which I have issues with too, and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, um, you're going to have to to pick a side. And if you don't vote, then all of those people who – had dogs put on them and hoses put on them and were hung because of voting, you just asking them to die in vain. So you need to vote, and that's the most important thing. We're going to get to our guests in about three minutes on the Bachelor News Radio Show.
I'm talking about with the NFL. The NFL uh, is the one that actually set up any protocols and things like that. Um, as far as the Titans, they did everything that they were supposed to do as far as uh, the NFL and NFLPA has looked at. Um, you know, it actually started this one guy, I believe. They, uh, the first guy that showed up that actually had COVID that was actually a player was the guy they found the practice squad. I kept his name escapes me right now, but as soon as they found it out, so they were getting ready to they were getting ready to sign him. They found out he had COVID. They released him. Then you had a linebacker coach that got it. They, he stayed home. This was the day before the game in Minnesota. Then you had people test positive after, and that's where the snowball started. So they essentially were following the protocols that the NFL had set up. However, they could have either been set up better one or just in general they they just didn't have have a great plan in place. Mm. Uh, talking with Mike Patton here on the Bachelor News Radio Show, the Bachelor News Radio Network. Before I go to Tony, um, when when you look at this, 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 you know, coaches have already been fine, and, and this and, and the because of not dropping it up again. It was it even realistic? I mean, we know why they're playing the, the games, but realistically speaking, even if you have these things in place. In these uh, uh, arenas you're playing at, you know, you at home or you going out and about, people are dropping their masks and they're not socially distancing. So uh, you're bringing it back. That's why I said personally, you got to look yourself in the mirror, Mike. You and I talked about we wouldn't have done it. Like so, I'm not going to risk going back home and bringing this back to one of somebody that I care about, a family member, a loved one. So it's not even a realistic thing to think that even if you're going to do everything by the book on the field, that you still are going to be somewhat careless and even reckless in some cases off the field. Well, honestly, the the Raiders were actually pretty reckless just now. Uh, uh, this past, uh, I think it's past week or weekend, uh, going to Darren Waller's uh, charity benefit. He was literally the only one that had a mask on the entire time, Darren Waller. Everybody else that was there, including the quarterback of the team uh, and another uh, prominent player, nobody really had masks on. So that just tells you right there, he really did, they really didn't take it very serious to begin with. Yeah, and 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 that's that's the biggest issue right there is that people aren't taking it serious, which which takes you back to the NFL. Six four six nine two nine zero one three zero. The number to get in touch with us. Press one to get online. Top of the hour, you'll lose the live feed. So if you want to get on, hit us up there on Pat Nation is uh, uh, Facebook and uh, Pat Nation to a Twitter on Facebook Live as well. Uh, I go to my good friend and colleague, Tony. Michael, uh, Bill, Bill, Bill O'Brien, finally. <laughs> yes, he's gone. The Wicked Witch is dead and he is out of the job. And now, will it be enough to salvage the season, or do you, or or is it always going to have to see something? I guess in the off season or whatever. Uh, you can kiss this season goodbye. It's over. 
No in Florida, there is no coming back in, in that division. So you uh you kiss this season goodbye. And also what I guess you can say is you can kiss uh this franchise goodbye for a little while because they're paying they've got the highest paid um they're the highest paid in terms of everything going on because they're paying out the most money, but they're only four. So this basically means that uh, you know it's going to be a while, and also you got to remember they're giving up their uh, first round draft picks to Miami in uh, mm-hmm. in the Laramie Tunnel and uh, King Steel Street. Uh, and this one, last one, not to not to turn this into the uh, section hour, but if Romeo does a halfway decent job, does he get a shot at the job, or is he just or, or is he just keeping the uh, you know, keeping the, the the seat warm. I think he's just keeping the seat warm. Honestly, uh, the reason why I think that is because you know you got to take a look at the age of Romeo right now at this point. Uh, does he really want to go into the ground of being the head coach again? So that, that's the one thing. That's the one big thing. I'm not sure he wants to be a head coach in terms of the grind of being a head coach again. All right, thank you, sir. And, you know, to, to to Tony's question, Mike, I mean, you just said they're going to be garbage for a while because of the money they have paid out. That's usually when they keep blacks in place anyway. All right, just let them let him sink. He's old. and We'll just let him stay there, and then we go get out some, some big-name, you know, white coach to, to, to take over the franchise. That's usually how it works. Um, staying in, 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 in uh, Texas, you know, how long do we look at Mike McCarthy? It may not be all his fault because he's such a straight garbage. Um, and it's certainly not that putting up 500. You put up 500 yards and you lose. And I, know my, I know my brother's talking. 500 yards and you lose. I mean, Dallas got some serious issues. The, the, the best thing for them is they play in the NFC. I would say this. Uh, the biggest issue with Dallas right now, their defense, yes. Um, and the thing is, Dak is putting up numbers, but he's putting these numbers up, and they're coming having to come back in these games. So it's kind of like right. he's putting up numbers like how Blake Bortles used to have to put up numbers and try to bring Jackson go back. Back when people thought he was a good quarterback at one point in time. But, uh, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, their defense is definitely poor. Mike Nolan, I don't know why Michael McCarthy brought him back, but there's a reason he's been out of the league for five years, and that just shows why. So they should, uh, the biggest thing he should do right now, McCarthy, fire your defensive coordinator. The game is passing by. It's over. Yeah. Um, switching gears, final question for you. Uh, when you look at this NBA Finals, you already told me what both teams have to do, and Obviously, everybody picking the Lakers still uh, picking the Lakers. But what does Game Three do for you? Does it make any difference, or you you picking Lakers in five? Uh, I'll go Lakers in six, but uh, I'll say that uh, the thing that just showed me is that uh, when Jimmy Butler's aggressive, he permeates to that entire team. Then again, it also showed me that uh, if Anthony Davis doesn't show up, that the Lakers are, are very susceptible to being beat. And then even in all of that, they still had a chance to win that game, which is incredible. So, yeah, you know, I, I would say that, uh, you know, they, the, the Heat have to darn their perfect game to beat the, the Lakers. And I don't expect them to have that kind of perfect game the next time out. 
Doc Rivers, uh, Sixers, a good fit? Uh, I will say this. It's an interesting fit, and I think that he could uh, do well with the, what the pieces that he has. Uh, just has to figure out how to best utilize Ben Simmons. Because we know Embiid, you get him in better shape, he's all right. But Ben Simmons, you got to figure out the best way to utilize him. Yeah, that, that that's the key. But I think uh, I think we talked about this before. If anybody uh, can can bring them back to some form of glory, I think it will be uh, Doc Rivers. Mike, before you go, let people know how they can um, read your your articles and and follow you, sir. Well, you can find me at uh, Mike Patton eighty two on Twitter, at, on Instagram at the underscore general underscore mp. Um, let's see, I've got something really innovative and new coming out regarding the NFL and how they could have been safer in their season. That's going to be coming really, really soon. Very interesting article there. Uh, i got a couple other articles as well uh, coming. Of course, the National Voice, you can find me there at nationalvoice.com and 3-point conversion, 3pointconversion.com. Mike, I appreciate your time, your short time, short notice. Uh, you guys be careful. Enjoy your vacation, sir. Yes, sir. Take care. Mike Patton, always good to have him on Three Point Conversion, Natural Voice. Um, see, I want to go to you and, and just kind of wrap on on uh, Jim O'Brien. Uh, allowed to, to really run that franchise into the ground. He is supposed to be off this great uh, Bella Cheat uh, tree. And he did nothing. If anything, he alienated people. And, again, people want to say, oh, you're talking about race again. The way he treated um, Hopkins was just deplorable. And, by the way, he never got a good offensive line for this black man running around. Watson, every time he dropped back, he's scrambling somewhere because he has zero offensive line. Then you take away his best weapon. And you expect, and he still put up numbers, by the way. He still can put mm-hmm. him in the game. But, but again, O'Brien gets the chance to just run, just like Chuck, he's going to do it in Las Vegas. He's going to do it. They, they he's going to run him in the ground. Uh, but they get the opportunity. And, and to my point with Romeo Pennell, yeah, they'll win two, three, four games. They'll keep him in place. When they get some talent, they'll go hire somebody else. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's good, good riddance, first of all, for O'Brien. Yeah. It, 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 it's, a, it's a long time coming. Unfortunately, that franchise is going to be, you know, it's, it's still going to be having the after effects of, uh, of this. Um, you know, I know, I, I, I hear what Mike is saying in regards to Romeo, you know, age and whatever he might be. But you know what? Just on GP, let me hear Romeo say it first, because I think already people are sort of trying to write the narrative for him before then. He may want to coach. He may want to try to turn it around. And if he doesn't, that's fine, too. But I'm just, let's, let's, let me hear it. All I'm, I think all I'm just trying to say is let me hear it from his mouth first. Right. And, and I agree with you. And so, But my standpoint was like, They'll let them keep it until they they make ready to make a move. They and got rid of all their buy bad contract and stuff. Then when they start getting good, it's like okay, Romeo, appreciate you. And you know, mm-hmm. you Tony does mm-hmm. your way out the door. You know what I'm saying? At the lesser degree. And that's sure, unfortunate. That's what they try but to the, do. But the, but but um, it's whether he takes the job or or not. 
whoever takes that job, you know, they're going to be dealing with some mess, and it's going to be for a while because of the way that uh, O'Brien basically ruined the franchise um, with his shenanigans. You're right about that. Um, I want to switch gears to to, uh, uh, baseball. I don't even have to even text anymore at this point, Steve, with 2020. You lose Bob Gibson. I mean, what do you say? I mean, he... He again. He punches all the the, the the numbers. Got all the numbers. You could we didn't even we can go into it, but we know what he what he did in terms of the numbers. But just an imposing. Uh, Doctor Leon and I were talking about an imposing, dominating pitcher who knew the game. Arguably the best pitcher in the history of the game, right? And then the fact that players on his teams respect uh, would love him opponents against them respected and even feared him on the mound. It's a soft-spoken, brilliant, intelligent man who played the game who who is resting in, in glory right now. He let his he let his game do the talking more than anything else. Uh, one of my one of my first memories of uh watching sports is as a very young child watching the 1968 World Series and watching those close-ups of him while he was mowing down the uh, Tigers, it was very, very, very powerful. And if you and if, and if you remember the era, now I'm a kid, so I didn't, you know, I know up to stuff, but I know I didn't know whatever. But even not knowing what was going on around. It was it was a powerful image to see him, you know, dominate the way he did, and it and it was for a sustained it was for a sustained period of time, you know. Um, and the crazy thing is, the four Hall of Famers who we've lost this year basically have all walked together all these years. Of course, you know, Lou Lou Brock and him were. Um, teammates and you know Seaver was a contemporary of his and right. it was the uh, it was Al Kaline 68 Tigers that came back from the 3 to 1 deficit in the 68 World Series and they beat Gibson uh in game 7 now yes you know the the, the Kurt Flood era had a lot to do with it but they beat you know they they came back from that 17 strikeout game in game 1 and came back and, and, and won that series. So, literally and figuratively, those, those four men that we lost, at least those four men, they, they all they all walked together um, forever. And it's, and it's a shame that we, that we, you know, have lost them as well. I read something early about, uh, and this is no surprise to you, you know it, you're a historian, you understand that, he went through a lot that wasn't as publicized over the years, but during the time of so much hate. St. Louis is deaf. They got a history. We know about St. Louis. Um, yet, he stood tall. First of all, nobody's going to say it to him anyway. Second of all, that he endured. And it, I think from from those guys, the guys we talk about, the Negro Leagues and, and other, 
that mm-hmm. they just personified class in the midst of all of that. You know, mm-hmm. they could have been an angry black man, but they know they had to be bigger than that because they couldn't get to where it was. And Bob Gibson couldn't be Bob Gibson if he took on some, you know, racist idiot that was going to take him on. Like, like Robinson had so much of him, mm-hmm. and it just shows well, his well, class. To be, to, be, to be specific, the enemy was from within. Uh, Bob, uh, his first manager was a guy by the name of Saudi, uh, Saudi Hemus. And he basically thought that Bob Gibson was a 500 pitcher. He, he was never, you know, he, he, right. he didn't think that he, he literally didn't think, for lack of a better word, he had the brains or the balls to be a top-level pitcher. It was him, and he thought the same way about Kurt Flood. They were, they were not, you know, they were not looked upon. And then when they, uh, then when um, they hired uh, Johnny Keene, and then um, later on, Red Shandings, they, you know, they knew what they had. You know, you got to remember, from 64 to like 68, the Cardinals were the dominant team in the National League. It's not all of baseball. They were the first team that had uh, nine starters that uh, all made, uh, you know, they, they were the highest paid team. In the league at the time, there's a there's a there's a uh, very iconic um, Sports Illustrated cover of their starting uh, nine along with Gibson, and they were the highest paid and they were highest paid team, but they were also the best team in baseball. You know, they won the World Series in '64 and '67. They were in the World Series in '68, um, and they were. You know, you had Hall of Famers, you had. Um, future managers, you have future broadcasters, you know, you had, you know, the Cardinals of the 60s uh, were somewhat like the, somewhat, they didn't win as many titles, but they dominated their era in the 60s like the Yankees did in the 50s, because they were, you know, it was, go ahead. To your point, I was going to say, with Luke Rock. And a Bob Gibson, I love a Tim McCarter. I always love even his broadcast. I love Tim McCarter. Um, they set the standard for the Cardinals, really. That his we talked about, you know, those great '80s Cardinals under the roots and everything, and they've been consistent forever, from one manager to another. They kind of set that tone, though. Uh, um, see, wouldn't you say for that franchise oh, to be as consistent as they are? Oh, absolutely. See, you know. After the Dodgers, they're the ones that have the most National League pennants. So, and see, you have to remember, this goes back to, you know, the Gas House Gang and Stan Musial. Now, they had a little down period in the 50s, uh, but then in the 60s when they, you know, because, um, you know, two things, two things happened. Two of the biggest trades probably in their history, actually um, three, they get Lou Brock for Ernie Brolio in the early 60s. Uh, they got Chris Flood from the uh, Cincinnati Reds. And then eventually they get Orlando Cepeda from the uh, from, from the Giants. And then also a real small move, but nonetheless, Roger Maris spends the, the, the end of his career with um, with with 
those with those um, Cardinal teams as well. And and see, the thing about them is they've always been, you know, they've had their periods where they've, you know, been out of the, out of the loop. You know, the seventies weren't as a, they weren't as successful in the seventies, but when they right. the eighties, the nineties, and of course in the two thousands. Like I said, you know, we 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 call you know I call them the uh, the Spurs of baseball, and they are. They don't win every year, but they have a lot to say as to who will win. Right, it, and and that's what I've always respected about them. Um, it, it, it you know, and they've been steady, you know. And I'm not trying to. I would say, you know, uh, Steelers maybe you know that a, a franchise that's always had a steady hand. Like you said, they struggled a little bit in the seventies, but they they didn't miss much of a beat. Um, but but rest in greatness to to Bob Gibson, who if, if and and we said this earlier on the broadcast, and I'll say it again: if you don't know folks who Bob Gibson is, okay, so now we got YouTube and everything else. Bob Gibson, St. Louis Cardinals, and you can see how great he was. And then do, listen to the stories, you know, watch the videos, you know, it's right there. Um, and, and at a time uh, that, 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 that seventeen strikeout game is is on YouTube. You can watch that whole game. I've 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 I've, I've watched it uh, several times over the years. You can and see and look at the great, look at the greatest look at the ERA. I mean, people don't even talk. All look, it's all about strikeouts look, and all look, the analytics now. Look, look, look at the ERA. One point. Look, we hear about all the untouchable records in baseball. One point one two. Hmm. I dare a uh, uh, you know what to break that. How do you even? Nobody's gonna break that one point one two. Now, now there've been now yes, there have been other lower ERAs, but in the modern era, one point one two. If there's a this way, if there's a num if if there's a guy if you know, whenever you hear one point one two, you know exactly who they're talking about. And think yes. about this too, Tony. He was striking guys out. He power pitched, and he had a one point one two. I mean, how many guys like that are going to have a one point one two? And also, it's a, it's a, it's. You got to remember, he had like almost twenty something complete games that year. And remember, he started off one and four that season. Mind mm. you. He started off one and four, and wound up being twenty two and nine uh, that year, the quote unquote year of the pitcher in uh, nineteen sixty eight. And he actually missed some time. He actually missed about a couple of weeks. Um, he, t- as I remember, he took a line drive off of uh, off of uh, re- took a line drive off the bat of Roberto, uh, Roberto Clemente that uh, took a couple of uh, months or whatever. So twenty two and nine, one point one two, I believe. What was it? Twenty nineteen or so? Nineteen or twenty complete games that year. Three hundred. Wow. And see, and see, the, here's the thing. And I can, and you know, the other day when uh, Blake Snell took a no hitter into the fifth inning with nine strikeouts, they took him out of the game. And again, the whole analytics thing, and oh, we want to we want to set him up so he'll be all set for the Yankees. And uh, you know, it's always tough to you know when you're going around the um, the, the lineup a third and the fourth time, but see. If you're not good enough to go through the lineup three, four times, then you're not all that good anyway. See, right. and again, if this is the old man in the mountains moment for me, so be it. That was the thing 
about Gibson and Seaver and Koufax and all those guys in that era because they were just as good the third and fourth time around as they were the first and second time around. And with the exception of Koufax, not a whole lot of arm injuries. You didn't miss your start, you know. And see, the thing was, you were always going up against the ace. It was always Gibson versus Seaver or Gibson versus Ferguson Jenkins or Seaver versus Koufax or Marischal versus, you know, and so on. That's the thing. See, now when we get matchups like that, it's like, like, oh, what a great matchup. And see, that was routine. Back in but the you don't even and get to the matchups now. Now you got your, the the first starter, but, but because of rotation and rest, you get you the the ace is going against the third guy and it's the, the other sad, team. The you know sad I mean? thing is, the sad thing is, you don't even get say one a week. And you would think just by attrition, you would get a a a, a big time matchup. You know, once a week, you don't even get it now. And even in the postseason, you don't really get it now. When when your boy Cole went up against um, Bieber last week, that may be that may wind up being the last like you know marquee matchup for the for the rest of the playoffs. Right, and we're right. And and we're still in, and we're only in the division series. In the division series. Speaking of which, I, I um I, I'm rooting for our boy in Houston, but I'm not rooting for Houston, but I'm, I, I want to make sure they go Right, right. Dusty Baker, so if we, if, if, if Dusty gets them back and they win, I want him to get all the credit, but they're all Tuve and they hit the home runs, you know. Okay, no. This, this man with all the crap, I know COVID might have took away from the stuff that they may have gone through because of the cheating and all that other stuff. But Dusty's a steady, steady hand. He's always been a steady hand. So if if Houston makes it, I'm 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 with it. But what do you make of that Houston Oakland series? Or Houston, of course, at the time of this broadcast, winning against Oakland ten to five. Say what you want about the stealing of the signs and all that other stuff. Still a quality ball club there. Yeah. They still got you know, you still got MVPs. You still have guys that have performed in the postseason. You know, they, they, you know, I think baseball karma, you know, did what they had to do with them during the regular season. And let's face it, again, if you have a full – and see, anything and everything is going to be prefaced on that this year. There's no way around it, no matter who wins. Even if all the even if the favorites do win, it's still going to be a tainted year because it wasn't a full season. But that being said, I think a lot of us, you know, to sort of quote Correa, a lot of people, a lot of people upset that they are in, in the thing because people thought that they they were going to be, you know, they weren't going to make it. And, right. And it and and it's the ultimate irony that now they're playing Oakland because they're the team that a lot of people you know they're, they're one of the teams that that folks feel like got screwed because of the Astros uh, shenanigans. And you know what? You still got you still got to beat them. Right. You still have to and beat them. You look at you mentioned Coles and uh, you know that series about the start time of this broadcast and. And you look at the Rays. The Rays had that number. I don't care how good Coles is. They've won 
uh, eight out of ten or something like that this year. Snell's a good pitcher. What do you see in this series? I think they sweep them because they're not scared of them. They're not afraid yeah. of them. They're absolutely not afraid of the Yankees. And see, yeah. nine times half the half the battle is not being intimidated by the New York across the chest. They are yeah. not. They please wait. Think about this. All those years that them and the Red Sox went at it, with the exception of I guess the one playoff game where Roger Clemens plunked, um, tried to plunk Manny Ramirez, the Yankees was, you know, the Yankees tried to intimidate the Rays during the regular season, and the Rays was like, "No, we just gonna we we we're gonna keep whoop, whooping your ass. We're not playing you." And they're going up to start the series against people. All right, they talk about Cole, all that money. Snell's a side side young one, wasn't it? I mean, he's no slouch. I don't want the I know all the race fans are thinking Oh I'm on their bandwagon No I look I I've, oh, I give them their due I'm see I'm just not a fan of the whole See I'm just not a whole fan of the whole money ball thing Because see what, 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 I, what, I, what, I, what I caution All the Devil Ray fans All six of you Is um, Are they going to allow this team to to grow because see I see where you know you got you got um think think of that uh last um think of think of the bulk of those um raised Ray teams team players yeah. with uh, when when Madden was there. Price was gone, Longoria's Longoria. gone, the mm-hmm. are gone. You know, now now again they did it a little bit of free agency, a little bit from within and and the thing is, they still have quality folks in the system, in the minors. The question is, are they going to are they going to play the money ball game, or are they going to al- allow this franchise to back to accuracy? Here's the crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it, you have it, a, it, conceivably. You could have an all Florida World Series this year, which brings me to that other team in Florida. I'm, I'm on. I, I'm loving them. I, I, I'm loving them from the standpoint that I ain't seen them in a long time. But they're in the same. They're even worse than Tampa, like you said. You know, win then break up the same. Win then break up. The, at least they won some World Series. You know when they did it. Yeah. But I'm yeah. loving the Marlins. I'm loving the Marlins and the Padres. We'll get to the Padres in a second. But I'm loving mm-hmm. the underdogs. And look, this 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 Marlins team can pitch. They've been they've been solid all year. I know the Braves have done well, and and people pretty much thought the Braves would be where they are. But what do you think of that series? That's a toss up. It really is. I yeah. really put a gun to my head. I, I I will go with the with the Braves. But you know, um, the you know, you talk about how the Rays don't give a you know what. The yep. Marlins. <laughs> How's money? How's money? How's money? They went in the. They went in. Took games. Two games in Wrigley. Yep. They took two games in Wrigley. It was like matter. It was like matter of factly. And yep. now, 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 and see now the whole home field advantage thing is out the window. Now, now you got an NBA type of thing now where they're in the bubble, 
so it's just it's so now it's just okay. Who want you know? Literally, it's like those shirts they were selling a few years ago. Who wants it more? And right. teams like the see team. I the team that's scariest the most to me is the Padres. Well, let me let me ask you this. Let let me ask you this about the Braves because as good as the Braves were, a lot of people felt like they kind of backed into that. Like they 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 won a game they shouldn't have. But I mean, they, they're talented. Everybody thought them. But to me, I think again, Marlins playing with house money, and the Braves really haven't looked offensively like they would be that Braves team we thought they would be going into the playoffs. Well, the fact that when you consider how decimated their starting staff has been, and they're in the and they're still in the division series, that's that's a you know that's a testament to Snicker. I, I don't think I know he won Manager of the Year a few, but I don't think people really have given Snicker enough credit as a as a manager, especially right. this year, because you got to remember, you know they had they sent Fultonavich down. Uh, the their 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 basically their ace was out literally, you know, two three weeks into the season. It's a it's it's really a patchwork starting staff, but there they are. And, see, look, and it's something to be said too, T. If you can manage a pitching staff, especially a depleted pitching staff, something to be said absolutely, about that. Absolutely, absolutely. See, and see the here, see here's the crazy thing. When the Braves became the Braves, you know, back in ninety, you know, when they won that first, you know, when they went from worst to first that first year in ninety one, mm-hmm. and they did the four, did the fourteen years in a row of the divisions. They were all, you know. If you look up all the postseason games, they lost 3-2, 2-1, 4-3. There's a bunch of games. I mean, even the, the Braves are more known for their for their close losses than the one championship that they did win. And ironically, the one championship game that they won, the, 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 the clinching game where they won the World Series, won nothing. Yeah. That was a great game, by the way, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cleveland was hard, but that, that was a great game. Yeah, that's about as that's about I mean, that's about as close as you can come to throwing a no hitter and not throwing one. Yeah. You know, uh we talk with thing. Tony we we talk with T Mac, of course, uh, editor of uh, BASN newsroom here on the Bassett News, talking some uh, some baseball. T the the Padres are the other team I'm rooting for. I I love the underdog. I love the way they play. You know they got Machado and they got those guys, but they don't like you said no fear. And the scary thing about the Dodgers, I keep saying it until they prove me wrong. This is the postseason, and I'm not even going to put it all on Mr. Peanut Butter Sandwich. I'm going to put it on them. They got to win. It's it's. I don't care if it's a COVID year or not. The, the Dodgers got to get to the World Series. They got to win the thing. For, they, this is the, it. See, remember we thought that this was going to that, that the Western Conference Final was going to basically be the Battle of L.A. Yeah, and you know the Clippers and and, and of course the um, um, Lakers, the, the the Nuggets, the Nuggets didn't get the memo. But right. if the Dodgers lose to the Padres, that would be a bigger that would be a that would be a bigger loss than the Clippers, because the Padres have always been 
the Padres haven't even been the 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 the, the annoying younger brother. They have they have pimp slapped the Padres for years. And they haven't been there. They haven't made the playoffs since what? The early 2000s? 425 or something? Uh, I, I want uh, was it? 60 or 60. I, I, I guess it was like, uh, Bo- it might have been Bochy's last year as the podcast. I was going to say, I, I almost was scared to say, was uh, Tony Gwynn on that team the last time? But no, it was yeah. that far yeah, back. Were. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, so that was, it was you know, four or you know, five, I, I think. Don't, you know, now that, that I think about five. it. You know what? Now that I think about it, I'm not sure. <laughs> but but see, there has always been an inferiority complex between Padres and the Dodgers. And what better way for the for the Padres to literally and figuratively stick it up there? You know what? Is to for is to knock them off in the division series. You know, a friend of mine lives out there was saying, you know, um, yeah, the Dodgers have won. And like you you talked about um, going back to, you know, in terms of championships and all and divisions of, you know, the, the Cardinals being behind. Um, but the Padres, he equated the Padres, it was interesting, he equated the Padres to Florida baseball. People got a lot to do in San Diego. They're voting. They're doing this stuff. Have they really taken the Padres serious? Oh, and I said, well, damn, you got to win first and take them serious. So yeah. that kind of throws that out to, to, to the window, in my opinion. Well, they've had, look, you've argued, look, for all their karma history, they've had arguably the greatest hitter of all time play That's his right. whole career there uh, with, uh, with a Quinn. You've had some great, you know. You've had got, you know, you, you know. Dave Winfield began his career there, and, and 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 his legacy is still pretty much there. The thing with them, I guess, it's been a thing, especially their World Series history. It's been terrible. It's look, they win their first one in '84, and all they do, they're going up against one of the greatest teams in in for, for one season in the '84 Tigers. Right. They get to their second World Series. And, oh, by the way, they go up against another greatest team of all time, the 98 Yankees. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's been like, it's like, <laughs> it's like Dag, we got to get the greatest it's, of that year. It's like Lloyd Nielsen in Airplane. I picked the wrong week to stop missing the lose. Yeah, that Tiger team didn't lose much in the first – Hundred games in it yeah, that year, man. They, were 30, they started thirty-five and five, and the Yankees yeah. started off just as hot. But they, but think about it. Two times they've gone to the World Series. They've arguably gone up against two of the greatest teams in the history of the game for at least for a, at least for a season. And, you know, and again, with that ninety-eight Yankee team, you could argue, you know, one of the best, you know, of all time. But that be, that being said. It's, let's put it this way. They're in the same situation as the 2000 Mets were going into the Subway Series. You can change the narrative. You can change the narrative forever to an extent. Now, look, the Dodgers are still always going to be the most popular team because, you know, strictly because of years. But you can grab and make yourself a lot of history on the way because – this is a this is a good team to watch. I mean, we talked about this last, you know, and see, here's the thing. If Tatis didn't get hurt last year, 
Now, maybe they don't make the playoffs, but maybe they're not as much of a surprise to a lot of people on a national scale as we saw what they were doing last year. And then when they – and see, everybody sort of poo-pooed when Machado got there because they said, oh, he went for the money. But – and I'm going to do one of the few things I do. I'm going to pat myself on the back. The first thing I said was – I bet you Machado gets to the postseason before uh, um, Harper does. And lo and right. behold, lo and behold. And who wants to see Tatis and Machado in that lineup? I, I, I guess what I would say, I would accuse myself of Tampa and the Yankees, but I think Houston is is going to handle Oakland pretty easy. I think the Marlins are going to upset the Braves, and I think the Dodgers will find a way to get past the Padres. They probably will, but they're going to have to go through hell, though. <laughs> yeah. They are going to so go give, give through your, hell. Give, give me your two wins in the uh, in the National and American League, uh, at least this uh, round. Uh, um, I'm going to go with the Braves. I just, you know, I mean, I, Marlins are scary, but I think the Marlins can do it. And, um... I'll jump on the Padre bandwagon. Okay. I'll just see. I don't because you know, and I hate to do that because it's probably going to cost Dave Roberts his job, unfortunately. Uh, oh, but, by the way, Mookie gonna just destroy everybody as he's already doing. By the way, he's gonna he oh, gonna get so, his. Oh, that's so <laughs> but see, but see, the sad thing, see, what you were just mentioning uh, with uh, Romeo Cornell. To a certain extent, that's what may be going on with Dave Roberts. Now, granted, they've won that division. You know, they've owned that division for the last seven, eight years now. So it's really, you know, but I, you know, put it this way: they are they are the Tony Dungy Colts in the sense of the regular season is meaningless now. You have to do it in the postseason, and it's not right. fair, but it is fair because and see, especially when you realize that they went for it by going to get Mookie, Mookie Betts. Right. And, clearly, and at the end of the day. When they went and got him, they clearly said, we're going for it. We're going for we're it. Gonna, we're, yep. not, we're, not gonna leave, we're going to try not to leave any and, doubt. And at the end of the day, too, we, you know, we always say, look, uh, for us, give us the opportunity. If we don't get it done, then you get rid of us. So he's had the opportunity. Uh, so, But yeah. I'm, I'm certainly yeah. for him. Um, but but I, I mean Mookie's showing though he earned he they they probably owe him money the way he be balling out so no, no, um, no, no, he's, no, no, hey, he's he's in the top five so you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's in the top yeah. five so so he's so yeah. he, you know this way I have a hell of a lot more respect for them than I that team in Massachusetts. Right. Oh God. I'm sorry. We we laughing. Hey, any if we can get, if the Yankees can go further in Boston, it's been a good year. Um, and then on the in on the um, American League side, and I think it's ironic of someone email said that Cubs and White Sox show promise. Neither one of them are there. But it, with the American League side, who are you picking in this round? I look. Um, I know you said Tampa. I, I, so I go Tampa. I I you know. The Houston story is a nice story, but I just think that at some point the A's have got to come through. They've been, they've wow. been, at wow. some point they've got to come through. Now I get it with Houston. Houston's got the pedigree, and and uh, but 
at some point, you at some point, Oakland has to come through. Now I'm not. Now I'm Pat, not putting them in the World, now, first, the world Series. T-Mac, I'm not putting them in the World T-Mac, Series yet, Mike. I know, but T-Mac is throwing, is throwing us off because it was it was it sounded like Houston, but he's saying Oakland, Pat Nation. Oakland five, is two, full. Remember, it's, a, it's a five five game series, five game series, and see, um, the thing is, Houston won the. If Houston wins this series, it's going to be games like this. If they get into I, – I still think Oakland, even giving up 10 runs today, I still think Oakland overall has the better pitching staff. Now, they're okay. going to have to do some regrouping, of course, after, after, after today. But I just think at some point Oakland has to get – you know, Oakland has to come through there. And I hate it for Dusty. Why they got to lose when (laughs) when Dusty gets there? That's what I hate. (laughs) Life's not fair, man. Life's not fair, unfortunately. And and, and I would, you know, to be honest with you, I'd I'd almost love to see them win the World Series just to stick it up everybody's whatever, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I'm always, you know, I'm always the pessimistic when they come to the with the black players or the managers, and you sure, know they lose, sure, they, they want to blame sure. it on Dusty. Well, he didn't manage them right. He he didn't do the pitchers right. Oh, ask the Reds, and when he got them to the playoffs, ask any team that he's he's managed that they haven't only, had success. He's the only only man to take five teams to the postseason. Yep. Only manager to take five teams to the postseason. Yeah, no, it, that that speaks in itself, and we, yeah. I guess we'll. We'll break down the, the next round after it. So we, um, you know, uh, we'll be looking at, according to you, we'll be looking at uh, Tampa, Oakland, and um, the Dodgers and Braves. Yeah, uh, no, Padres. It's, it's, I think you said Padres and Braves. That's the Padres. The Padres, Braves. Padres, Braves. Yeah. Wow. That, that, like, that, uh, and, and again, uh, now, again, if you're going by – if you go, if you're going strictly by, you know, like by markets and all that other stuff, it's not the most attractive. But see, bring it to my points. I got a question. There. Go ahead. But see, but see, but see. Here's the thing. I will always argue that one of the best World Series of all time did not did not the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Cubs, all the big sexy teams. Red Sox didn't play in it. I'll put the 91 World Series up against anybody. And you can't get much smaller markets, in a sense, with Atlanta and Minnesota. Minnesota. Now, Mm -hmm. and even even the 75 World Series, the Reds weren't really a big market. And and Boston, while Boston was – Boston wasn't as big back then as they are now. So even then, that World Series, you know – Attractive wasn't wasn't as attractive as it would be in the market. But um, just because you know, you don't have to have the big names to for it to be an attractive. Now, yeah, you'll get big numbers, but it's not necessarily a best word. Look, the whole country yawned when you had the Subway Series. Right. Nobody watched that outside of because people don't understand that outside of our our, our areas there and you know tri-state, 
nobody cares about it. Like nobody, everybody hates to read the read the Patriots outside of uh, the New England. People don't get that. They think they're beloved, like they're Dallas or somebody. No, no, they don't well, like New England outside. They don't want to see Yankees, Red Sox every freaking Sunday night the, baseball. Here's the, here's the difference: when the Cowboys were in their heyday, they were like Ali. People watched. Fifty percent of people watched, wanted to see them win. Fifty percent of people watched to see them get whooped. That's With right. a lot of these teams, especially the Patriots. A lot of people just want to see them get their asses lit up. That's right. The difference. It's a big, big difference. Hell, even those LeBron teams, they don't want to, you know, they want to see them lose. I mean, you know, people were damn near doing the uh, cabbage patch uh, today because of Miami winning the game, winning one game. And you know the 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 bottom line and the final question for you as as the broadcast the timeless broadcast the Yankees raised tied up at one. Um, what's the bigger story, um, and, and bigger for baseball, in, in a sense that in this in the midst of this virus, seemingly they're making it through, or going back to your small market thing, that in the midst of this virus. You have some field goal stories. I'm loving, like I said, I am truly loving Padres Marlins. I'm glad that they're there. Uh, uh, you know, Tampa least has been in the mix for a while. Mm-hmm. But Marlins Padres, come on. That's a great story. It's a and huge story. And see, and see, that's put it this way. They're already mulling the idea of coming back with the 8-8 eight and eight for next yep, year. Yep, they should. I think so. They're already, I they're love already, it. They're already basically – What's going on now is Manfred is saying, well, we can't do eight again. We can do maybe seven, but eight and eight, we just, eight and eight was just supposed to be for this year because of the shortened season. But now I don't know. Now the numbers have been mesomet, not, not, not terrible, but they're not, they haven't been great. Now it'll be interesting to see, as we go into the second round, because you still have, because see, you have a, you have an even more diverse mix now, because you know you got your two powerhouses, the Yankees and the Dodgers. You got your two, you got your Cinderella teams, you know, with the uh, with. Um, I can't even consider Tampa a, a, a Cinderella anymore. No. They won, they won uh, 90 games Padres, the last well, two years. Yeah. But Padres, right. Padres, Padres, Marlins. Padres, Marlins are definitely, um, you know, whatever. Plus, you got a whole faction of folks that are rooting against the Astros, and that's right. another that's another thing in and of itself. So, even in just this division series right now, you got a, you got a very good eclectic mix where even the non baseball fans be like, "Hey, I need to check these guys out." And you hit it on the nose. You got Joey from the Bronx who wants his Yankees. You got the Dodger fans that are always going to be Dodger fans. They want to see, okay, can we finally get over the hump? Tampa is as solid as you get, and so is the Braves. They always they're that's the solid group right there. And then you got, you know, the Marlins um, and the Padres. Wow, okay, so what? House money. Oakland, can they finally get over the hump? And then Houston, like you said, that's the the A rod of the moment right now. We just love to hate them. I want them to get blown out. Those sure, are stories. Sure, then you're sure. gonna get but baseball what baseball always gets wrong. 
and we talked about this, is that yeah. they well, want to well, sit on their pedestal. No, 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 I was going to say, mm-hmm. this, these eight teams, why not? Why not? Do it next year. Why not? You're going to have real fans, hopefully, you know, when the, the virus uh, goes down. Why not do it again? Mix it I up. See, 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 I see, I see. I think they're thinking logistics more than anything else because, see, see, here's the thing. They know if they do this for a full season, they're gonna to have to cut, they're gonna to have to cut loose to 162, and they would rather cut their you know what's off before they get rid of the 162. <laughs> and see, that's the thing. But see, my thinking has always been, okay, you want to be a slave to the 162. I get that, but big picture. If you take if you go back to one forty eight, you'll make up those twelve games along the way in the postseason. But it, it they they slaves did their own thing. Just like the you I don't know how you feel about the answer replay. Get it I like it. I have no problem. I don't look call it. With with all the sports, I don't have a problem at all with instant replay. Now how you do it, that's the problem. Because, see, they find a way to, to F it up, for lack of a better word. They find well, a baseball's way. Baseball's almost been like up. tennis. You know when the ball hits the line on the video? Baseball's been, been pretty good at that. I think they've gotten it right. And even, and even, and even, and even they take too long. Because, see, yeah. look, with technology now, if you can't do it within two to three minutes, look, all the games are on CEC. It's not like back in the day where a handful of games aren't on some sort of form of television. You know, there was, you know, there was a time before the last TV, um, before the last um, TV contract came out, that there were about 100 or so games that weren't on any TV. We were on cable. They weren't on free TV. You, the only way they were on would be on the Diamond Visions at the, at the respective parks. It's not like that anymore now. All all the games are on a network at some point. If if one if one um, excuse me, if one team please wait. If you've got uh, for the sake of saying. If you've got Cleveland versus Kansas City, the game's either on Fox Kansas City or Ohio Sports Time or both. Yeah. But they're right. going to be on. You know, Yankees have got the Yes Network. The Dodgers have got Sportsnet LA. SNY for the Mets. Um, you got, you know, now the Cubs have their own um, network now. The Angels are on Fox California. Uh, the Padres are on uh, Fox San Diego. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh's on AT. You, know, you have Pittsburgh AT and T Sports. You have Houston AT and T Sports. Every game is on a network. The fact that they're still trying to that they're still using 1970s technology and we're in the 2000s, I got a problem with that. Replay. Yeah in and of itself, is not the problem. The way they execute it or not execute it is the problem because it, it just and, takes and too I long. Think, 
I think too though baseball baseball always again I know we got to get out here what baseball always seems to miss is that if I'm not at the ballpark when I turn on the game if I'm watching the game there's dramatics on where the pitch is gonna go usually the the human element with the umpire they usually get it right on the strike zone they they'll show you and they know where it is they actually but you know, truth be told truth be told they get it right more. Than we give them credit for, and 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 the right. fact that they're even talking about bringing in these robots is just asinine. It's, it's really stupid. The human element and the ball's gonna put the ball in play. Let's see what your defense can do. A lot of stuff might be routine, but you just don't know. That's the human exciting part of baseball. They don't push it enough, and it, it's this electronic stuff is gonna mess them up. The umpires well, get it right, like you said. You said it right. They get it right more than any anybody else, even a, more than NFL and NBA. It's, a, it's an enhance. It's an it's an enhancement. It's an enhancement. That's all. It's supposed to be an enhancement. But see, you know the ump. See, now the ump. See the umpires. Put this way, umpires are more sensitive than ex girlfriends right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You look at them wrong, they're ready to. You look at them wrong, they're ready to throw you out. Or you know, I heard you said something about me. I'm right. trying to finish you... my sandwich. I'm trying to finish my sandwich, sir. And that wasn't a strike. <laughs> yeah, but but the, the human element is what made the game. Leave it alone oh, like that. At the, at, the, at, the, at, at the NC, look, baseball is a slow, methodic. Sport always has been, always will be. You try to keep up with that, you will lose. See, the older fans now are completely turned off, and it has nothing to do with the DH or the interleague play. I think even your most harshest, whatever, uh, traditionalist realizes it um and it looks and again it looks like um the dh is is here to stay thank god but the game it's 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 the for lack of a better it's the bs that hurts baseball there is so much bs involved and see they're so afraid to do something new because that you know their image you know Nobody's more image conscious than the NFL, but baseball is a close second because they're always worried about what people are going to say. This is an op- you know, they have an opportunity right now to at least get baseball up to the 1980s. <laughs> oh, dang. That's pretty bad. Oh, man. But you know what? Don't, for the, all those old heads to say, this and that about technology and and if uh, the calls on the field, they I guess they don't watch the NBA or the NFL because well, Lord no, Jesus. We'll see, look, look. You think you think Cardinal fans don't remember um, uh, George Order? Yeah. You don't think Red Sox fans remember Ed Armbruster? You don't think Oriole fans remember Jeffrey Mayer? I mean. It depends on the side of the coin you're on. See, when you when you when you've lost a title or have been or have had the opportunity to win the title taken away from you, it's easy to say, 
oh well, them's the breaks. Them's the breaks. Yeah, well, but for every but, one of those, I could tell you about the tuck rule, how the Patriots got oh, away with sure. that greatest game. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Look, look. Uh, even the Saints fans still whining about the, um, the, the, the Rams game. Yeah. And, and you know me. Mike Renfro was in the damn end zone. I'll take that to my grave. But I'm just saying Probably like a true oiler. Yeah. And but see, again, fundamentally, I don't have a problem with instant replay. I have a problem with the way it's executed. And that's the right. problem. In all of these sports, they find a way to F it up. Yeah. Because in principle, it should not take Put it this way, cup of soup, if you put it in, or, or like oodles and noodles, was it like three minutes, four minutes? Yep, yep. If it, takes them, if it takes them longer than it does to cook oodles and noodles for them to get that thing done, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem, especially when you have the technology. You've got it. You've got the technology. And you still find a way to F it up. Well, it's, I think. Please wait. You know the old uh, uh, John McKay, the old um, the old um, right. Tampa Bay coach. They asked him, yeah, but, right, they, the team got whooped real bad. And he says, what did you think about your ex- team's execution? He said, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a famous line. And I, 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 I get it. I, I'm just saying, um, baseball. It might. You're right. They, they. It's, it's, it's good they're to have that of, type of. They're stuff. scared of their own. They're scared of their own shadow. They talk. Right. A, they talk a good game, but when you force them into a corner, they always try to go back to the whole tradition and the national patterns. They still. They. Still Still don't promote the game. They, they're still promoting, even with you know uh, MLB Network, and now with some of the commercials and some of the promotions. Now it's a little like I said, they're up to the they're they're up to the eighties now. They've 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 embraced video now, you know. So uh, I will I will close by saying this is nice. You look at the TBS broadcast to see. Ernie Johnson with three people of color up there. I mean, I, I guess he's used to it. Um, oh, sure, sure. And then I don't know. It's sad that, you know, I was going to say, it's sad it doesn't reflect on the field, though. But, you know, uh, you know Pedro that's, and, again, well, it's, it's, and, and, it's, and, it's, and, you know, again, it's, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. I, 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 I just hope, put this way, I hope I live long enough to see the to see the resurgence again. I'm 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 trying to be optimistic, but it's hard to because there's 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 no feeder system. And see, we can't count. And see, the sad thing is we can't count on the sport itself to really try to do anything. They'll throw money at it. They'll do certain things, but they're not really going to do, you know. If unless it's going to put money in their pocket, they're not really going to push that envelope. And it's right. up to it's, it's up to the grassroots and folks like us that's going to have to push it. You know, it's you know, 
you see what Sean Gibson's doing in um, Pittsburgh. You see what and we'll be having him on, by the way. Yeah, and 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 you see what guys like C.J. Stewart are doing in Atlanta. You know, you see what um, what goes on. You know, I mean, hell, our old hometown. You know, the Pop Smith Little League is one of the oldest um, all black little leagues in 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 in, in the country. Yeah. But it's you know all it takes is just a couple. But yeah, but but again, it's 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 going to be the sad thing is we're probably going to have to take a hundred steps back to get fifty steps forward. And that's the unfortunate thing. Well, in the meantime, we still love it, and uh, my Yankees are in the playoffs, so I'm I'm happy with that. So they're there for now. Oh, here you go. Yep, we are there while the Mets are watching. Oh, oh, that's so. That's that's too easy. That's too easy. <laughs> yeah, that was. That is, that's not say, that's not saying anything. <laughs> Home for the holidays. Oh, Merry Christmas to the Yankees. <laughs> I, I know what you can do with your Yule log too. <laughs> I need to say so like that. That's right. But as we talked about baseball, we ended with baseball. Bob Gibson, man, 2020. And I know he was as old. I think he had prostate, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, you know what? Again, that's just another reminder for us to get checked, man. Just yeah, another all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he, he lived in greatness. He, he passes in greatness. What a great... Uh, again, a lot of people I'm hearing never seen him, did the research on him and, and watched him and 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 looked at everything. Greatest pitcher of all time. A lot of people are saying that of all time. That says a lot. At the very least, he's in the damn conversation. Right. I, I, you know. Right. Hey, like I said, that was he was he was one of the first, not just baseball. But he was just one of the first athletes I remember watching as a kid. You know, I, I always I always you know talk about memories of watching sports with my dad. And he was one of those first guys that left an impression on me because of those, you know, again, I implore anybody to pull up game one of the 1968 World Series. Those close-ups of him, that was, you know, and see, it's funny because it comes full circle because if you look at the those Oakland teams in the 90s with uh, Dave Stewart, that same intensity, that same dominance. And he, Stewart kind of might. He, he Gibson's a big, muscular-looking dude. Look a big well, dude. Remember, like, remember, you, looked, you, know, you gotta remember, this you know, he was all American uh, hoopster at Creighton. Remember, he he barnstormed with the uh, with the uh, the Globetrotters. Yeah, he could have been. Rap. He could have. He could have been. He could have been um, an NBA guy. Yeah, and all yeah. of this, and all of this, and he had he had asthma. He had asthma. wow. Because he, he was one of the first sports figures I remember that did a, it was like for there was uh, I forget what the name of the brand was, but he talked about how he had bronchial asthma, and there was it was like he would talk about just you know you know how the, when you take the the, the, the spray, and you know, he was one of the first guys that I remember that had a national commercial, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that you know the Cardinals were, you know. A national team at the time when they were in their heyday, when when you know when the game of the week, when you had the old game of the week back in the day, 
the Cardinals were were there because the Cardinals were pretty much uh, um, an October. You know, they were. You know, it wasn't a World Series unless it was the Cardinals versus somebody. And you look at the again from that team with with Brock and him, and you go to Willie McGee and 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 Vince. Wasn't it? At the, the fact, at you look at those ten. I mean, you you've had. Those those teams, but the car. I've always respected the Cardinals. Always have respect for them oh, and how they. Do oh, hey. They, hey, they yeah. um, you know, before they broke the divisions up, Mets Cardinals was a was a heated you know was a heated rivalry, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, rest in greatness and 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 power and peace to him and his family. I don't, I don't do thoughts and prayers because. Politicians have messed that up, but we know what we mean when we talk about him and, and his family and, uh, and how great he was. The legacy he left. That's why I said, young people, people you don't know, Bob Gibson, look him up. Really, understand. It goes beyond baseball. What he, had, those guys had to endure, especially a guy that they were jealous of and envious of because he was better than them and greater yeah. than them and yeah. more athletic than them and smarter yeah. than them. So, so definitely look him up and know who he is. T, we're going to run and leave it at that, man. Um, sure. Thank you so much for the talk on Thursday. Appreciate you, bro. All right, man. Take care. All right. Tony T. Mac McLean from uh, BAS and then Newsroom, the editor-in-chief, started and ended a conversation with him with uh, uh, Bob Gibson. Uh, again, please, folks, it just you don't have to be a sports fan because his story is be, bigger than sports. Cer- certainly, he put the numbers up. But at a time, he put him up in St. Louis. St. Louis is notoriously, not just racist, they had a history of Klan and everything. And he just did his thing. And he was respected and feared and beloved and smart and a great pitcher and a great person. Soft-spoken, good-looking, strong, athletic guy. So we, we pay respect to him. Um tonight and we'll continue this on Thursday I'll have some more um, the the 17th strikeout game we'll try to get that on um, again 1.12 ERA are you serious? know anything about baseball a power pitcher too not some finesse Greg Maddox painting the corners he going at him and still got a 1.12 no disrespect to Greg Maddox but that's what it is folks if you miss any part of the broadcast Tony and I you can listen to our, our interview and our broadcast on uh, um, the bachelornews.airtime.pro, 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern. Both of those time slots will have this broadcast up so you can go back and listen to Bob Gibson, our conversation about baseball. I think it's really important. Uh, and listen to the website, period. Love songs, other shows, and all of that. But the Bachelor News Radio Show, 8 a.m., 3 p.m. Eastern, every day at the bachelornews.airtime.pro. Interested in having your own show or advertising, hit me up, labachelor40 at gmail.com, labachelor40 at gmail.com. Enjoy. Talk with you soon on the Bachelor News Radio Show and the Bachelor News Radio Network.
to think about immature things. You know, like, do you love me? Do you want me? Are you going to call me like you said you would? Is this really your real phone number? But you know, I'm a man now, baby, a grown man. And I came a long way. <laughs> and a spirit taught me one thing. Taught me to hold on to my love.
Bye.